Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, Lavender Gooms. Guys, I have some very interesting tidbits for you guys. Oh man, mm. I know I was gonna I was gonna lead off your introduction with insulting you, and I'm like, I decided to guess it. Now I already regret it. Yeah, Go you ahead. did you did a lot of that before the podcast started, which you know <laughs> it hurt my feelings. I mean, which actually leads perfectly into one of the national days. Uh when this episode oh. actually airs tomorrow on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is World Caring Day, which Bobby didn't do very much of that before the podcast, uh, when we were doing sound check. I cared enough to say your sound was fucked. A little tidbit as well, uh, if you want to be a grammar police. I couldn't care less. You're really trying to say I could care less because if you're saying I couldn't care less, that means that you could. Mm-hmm. And the second day that's tomorrow is National VCR Day. And oh, those of boy. us that are in our mid 30s know the horror of trying to record a show normally, you know, on TGIF and you didn't put down the tab and it never recorded. I was only recording like the WrestleMania as we were ordering and the SummerSlams. I had so many VHS tapes. Oh, oh man, fair, I, I, I made record so many shows, man. Like I remember we used to have my older brother run home from school because he used to get out of school at 2.15, right? And back when Power Rangers first started airing, it aired at 2.30. So my man would have to run his ass home about a mile every day in 15 minutes to hit the fucking record button national vcr day guys vcr man so important important invention mark watched many a bootleg wrestling tape i came from my head that came from ebay you know on vcrs that's how i got a wrestling fan (laughs) you know when you know you were at a like a real rich person's house if they recorded stuff on sp not ep <laughs> they got they got tapes to burn it's i like, mean some oh, of us oh, some of us oh, were you doing got, the... you got two hour money huh oh you you not with us poor people with that six hour ep shit huh yo okay. when, when wrestlemania crossed four hours and i'm like yo i gotta record on slp am i gonna be able to even see the wrestlers slp that's six hours kids that was the maximum you could do Right. Oh, EP was four hours. No, it was oh, shit, it was man. SP, LP, and SLP, right? It's been so it was long two, four, and six. VCR, I don't I know. That, I, I, always, I always thought it was short play, long play, super long play, and I don't think that's the right. <laughs> I don't think that's the. That may not be it, but it made sense to me. Um. Anyway, um. All right, guys, we're gonna talk a little MMA. This happened this weekend. Talk a little bit of boxing. Uh, watched. Uh, a real masterful performance uh, down in Australia from Devin Haney um, that I'd like to talk about. Um, some MMA news, which I've realized I've in my current stance of I don't want to hear any of these people talk. 
really hurts the MMA news segment, Mike. I was thinking about it just now. Um, I'm not really willing to bend on that, but uh, yeah, it really hurts the MMA news segment. <laughs> um, and then there's a pay-per-view this weekend in Singapore, but we're airing it at a regular time, and the main card is only three fights deep. Right? Did I cover it well, Mark? Sound right? Well, I mean, there's more than three fights. That's not accurate. There's three fights that we care about, and then we'll be picking, and then there's a couple other fights that... The 75 bucks is going to... Your 75 bucks are going to those three fights, is what I'm saying. 25 bucks those three fights, then they throw other two ones and you don't want to watch. Um, All right, Marcus, uh, let's talk about MMA first, because the name of this podcast is It's Amazing. Sure. Bulkov and Rosenstruck. Alexander versus the Biggie Boy. Didn't mm-hmm. take long. Um, some questions about the stoppage. I saw the stoppage and I thought, I I don't care. This wasn't going to get any better. He's. I thought. I thought Volkov. I thought Volkov did enough. I was okay with the stoppage. What do you think? Yeah. No. I mean, I think a lot of times when there's these like controversial stoppages. Uh, a lot of times it's because when the fight was stopped, the other opponent, the person that was getting the beaten, seems to have reacted good or fair or seems to have been recovered from these shots. But when you actually look in totality of what happened, what that ending sequence was, you basically had Alexander Volkov land a nice, clean right strike on Biggie Boy. He stumbled back against the cage. Alexander blitzed him, you know, probably landed or threw like, 10, 12 shots. Biggie Boy's mouthpiece flies out of his mouth. Yep. And when the fight ended is because Biggie Boy basically almost went to all fours, you know, in a non-defensive position. And that's right. I think it was, was it Herb Dean? I think, I think it was, it was Herb. Herb. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, people shit on Herb a lot these days. I was fine with that, Herb. You need to be done. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, because right when he stopped it, it was literally when, when Biggie Boy had taken multiple shots. Again, his mouthpiece flew out. He was, he'd already been stunned, stumbled to the cage was getting blitzed on his mouthpiece flew out and then he was basically going to all fours. And that's where, you know, Herb Dean, I believe stopped the fight right after that biggie boy did stand up and he seemed to be okay. But you know, this isn't boxing. You don't have the standing eight rule or a knockdown rule. We're going to give, you know, the, the, uh, the guy some time to recover. You know, if this was boxing, he would have gotten a standing eight, eight count. And then, you know, he would have had time. He probably would have been okay to continue, but you know, this is MMA. You don't get that opportunity. You stop if you're fighting, hurt, they stop the fight. Yeah. Once you're not intelligently defending yourself, which I think just covering up and getting your mouthpiece blown out of your, your face is more than adequate. You know, so yeah, I also didn't feel this was, you know, an egregious stoppage. You know, I do think it always looks a little bad when right after you stop it, the other guy seems to be okay. But you can't always bank on that. You have to have the, you know, the safety yeah, of I the mean, fighters in mind and intelligent defense. And him just curling up and then ultimately look like he's going to go to all fours is not intelligent. I think uh, co-main event podcast, they refer to it as the what the fuck test, where um, the fighters think this is like if they get up and after getting stopped, they just say what the fuck to the referee. That is somehow a defense for, you know, that's somehow a reason why the fight shouldn't be stopped. Right. It's not, man. Yeah, He was done fighting. Um, big win for Volkov, man, because he got mm-hmm. just destroyed by Aspinall in his last fight. Bodied. Yeah, that was just, he got just, made us wonder if we got to send him back to M1 type stuff. Um, oh, Please tell me he was in M1. I didn't just make a gross generalization about him. Probably, but, it's pretty, probably pretty safe. I mean, I think he's from M1. He was in Bellator. They all hung out. Um, There we go. We got like eight M1 fights on his record. There you no go. problem. We know um, it. I don't, I, I, Biggie Boy's only going to get you one way, man. Like, 
he's got to be in a position where he can throw one of the, you know, the ham hocks at you. And I'm not sure he's getting any better. I think he kind of is who he is at this point, right, Mark? I think he's like number seven, number eight, whatever he's at. That sounds about right. Yeah, there's, I mean, I think his Derek Lewis is like is... Derek Lewis being a natural compa- like comparison of a guy just throwing heat, you know, and like Derek Lewis has gotten better and has put himself in position to be higher ranked. I don't know if Biggie Boy is getting any better. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think Derek Lewis has shown a better ability to adapt to the fights. He's definitely shown that you know. You would think that he would easily be wrestled, but like as we've mentioned many times, like I think Derek Lewis has some good defense on the ground. He knows the basics to get back up. And like we also mentioned, like the dude just has a ton of heart. So like he knows, like, okay, I need to put hands on hips, I need to explode to get up, and he fucking does it. And that is not easy to do. Um, with Biggie Boy, it really is. He's a little flat footed. This was gonna stylistically gonna be a tough fight for him because um Volkov controlled the range, you know beginning of the fight was lots of kicks, lots of jabs, you know, controlling that distance. And, and Biggie Boy's only real offense in this fight is was he was able to grab a low kick and kind of get in close enough to start throwing those ham hocks, like you said, and, and nothing significant really landed. I think he might have hit Volkov with a decent shot, but it wasn't enough. And then once Volkov was able to get uh, Biggie Boy against the, the cage, that's where his defense against headshots really showed because – he doesn't have a tendency to, you know, use the shield super well. His main defense for, you know, shots to the head is to pull back. And once he got against the cage, there's nowhere to pull back. He got creamed. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely some holes in his game. He's going to have to, you know, make some adjustments if he's going to improve. But if he doesn't improve, you know, this is a weight division that, you know, there's a kind of a wide breadth of talent here. And I, I think against the middling guys, he'll be able to have some success. Uh, but against the guys that are, I think, a little bit more skilled, he's going to struggle against. And I think we've kind of seen that throughout his career. But yeah, um, I have no idea what they were ranked beforehand. I see now it's seven and eight. I mean, I think that was it during the fight. I okay. Think been updated. I mean, I, at this point, I feel every variation of these heavyweights have fought each other. I'm looking up north at Volkov. Right above him is Aspinall. I don't know. I've, I think Tai Tuivasa is fighting Gone. Isn't that a thing? Stipe, in theory, is fighting John Jones, we think. Is is Aspinall fighting Blades? Or Tui Vaz? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that fight's been booked. I remember yet. they talked about they were booking these two heavyweight fights, Mike, and I remember all both all three of us were like, well, we would have done the other combination. But I it was gone in Taivu with Tui Vasa. Yeah. And I then, think you're right. I think that sounds kind of right. Maybe Aspinall, Blades and Aspinall? Blades. Yeah. yeah, which is which is a, a big test for both those guys. So that'll be interesting. Um, a couple more interesting notes from this card. Um, this dude, uh, Movsar Evlov, is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he wore Dan Ige like a hat for three rounds. That was not close, Mike. Tom Aspinall and Curtis Blades has been booked. There we go in London, right? Yeah. Made it official. I mean, I uh, don't know if it's in London, but hope. Uh, looking at the news articles, uh, uh, Tom Aspinall is, uh, you know, actually giving a lot of praise to Curtis Blades. Well, because yes. I don't know if Tom's is Tom a big shit talker. I don't know the answer to that, to be honest. Well, he said he's in for a scary fight with oh, uh, I mean, Cur- Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades which, is, you know, you got to bring your hard hat for that one. Um, yeah, Dan Ige, man, just wore him like a hat three rounds. 
What do you think? Well, of the Mozart? other guy, Mozart, Mozart, Mozart did. Yeah. <laughs> who or who is ahead? It's our, yeah. yeah. Sixteen and zero now. A lot of decisions. A lot of decisions, but sixteen and zero. Yeah, I mean, my big takeaway, you know, we talked about this fight last week. We didn't know who this guy was, so I also watched it just to to get a look. You know, I think every week we're like, who's this guy? Who's that guy? And it's like, well, you know, we don't put the effort in. We're never going to learn. So I was like, okay, this guy made it up to the co-main. I know who Dan Aggie is. Let's see what he has. And he his fighting style is very much of the Dagestani wrestler type, where his strongest attributes is the wrestling, the top control, the strength. He's not Dagestani, think, Marcus, though, right? Just to be clear, I don't know not. if he is. I, I'll look I that up while you're doing the commentary. Yeah. But he has that style. He likes to ride the back. He likes to get, uh, you know, uh, waist control, get get the back body lock, and ride the guys that way. And the stand up, I honestly, Dan looked crisper and more technical in the stand up, but he couldn't piece it together against uh, Mavzar. I'm going to butcher his name because um, Mavzar, like. His stand-up was not as clean, but he landed the better shots. You know, Dan Aggie, when he was engaging with him, was dropping his head kind of low because he was throwing kind of jabs towards the chest. And he caught him with a flying knee that hurt him bad. He caught him with a couple other strikes. Because in the beginning of the fight, he had a tendency just to back up straight in a line, which kind of makes you think like, okay, if Dan gets aggressive and pressures him with, you know, more than a two-jab combination, maybe he can catch him backing up because he wasn't cutting the corner but he probably was also very cognizant of if I get over aggressive, this guy's going to shoot a double on me. I'm going to be on my butt and that's going to be the round at least. Um, so yeah, Dan just couldn't figure it out. And then, you know, to, to Movzar's credit in the second round, he stopped moving backward. He would sit in the pocket and then counter punch with them. And he was landing some good strikes there. So there's definitely room for improvement with the striking, but the wrestling was on point. You know, when he got his back, he was able to control him in the guard. He was able to do some good ground and pound, and easily won all the rounds, like you said. So it was, it was an impressive performance, not you know one that made me an instant fan or anything, but put him on the map for me at least. So we'll see so where he goes. From Mosar here. is not from Dagestan; he's from Sunza, which is looks like it's about three hundred and forty some odd miles or three hundred forty thousand, three hundred forty kilometers away. So I don't know. Okay. He's, he is Chechen. So, he is so what you're trying to what you're trying to say is that you know how dare us? Shame on us. No, Mark didn't say he was Dagestan. He said he fought like the other Dagestan yeah. that type of fighter. Your Habibs and he and is Chechen, which is you know next. You know he's right around that area. Um, Dan Ige, man, I don't. I feel I haven't seen him win one in a while, and he might have, but maybe I just don't remember it. Nope, he ain't won a fight since March of last year. So some tough losses in here to Zombie Josh Emmett and Evsar. Uh, and I'm sorry, Evlov. Um, also on this card. Carolina Kovalkiewicz, man. Talking about someone with her back against the wall. Uh, I think she'd lost five straight going into this one. And they weren't like they that. were not great. Just lackluster performances. Uh she got on the horn, called up Joanna, and said, I'd like to come train with you at American Top Team. And Joanna, man, props. Hooked it up, made it happen. So Carolina went across, you know, flew to America to train an American top team. Had a nice performance here. Sent Felice Herrig out to retirement. Um, Felice has only fought, Mark, we looked it up earlier today, twice in the last four years. Mm -hmm. I guess she tore ACL a couple times. Yeah. Um, and um, Mike, she was in very good shape, honestly. She said she's not going to, she didn't want to go out without putting about fourth or best, four, best effort possible, and she did. So this is a woman who's been doing this a while. Um, 
police, Extremely right? Long. Yeah, like I want to say so. she's one of she's not one of the pioneers. No, of, uh, no, women's you MMA, but she's pretty nope. close, right? Like, you can say she she's a woman pioneer. Yeah, I mean, I she's a pioneer. Was... Honestly, she had a lengthy kickboxing career before this too, and she, she was well known for that. She's in her late 30s, and I think she started kickboxing when she was like 18, 19 years old, MMA career, since maybe like, what, 2008, 2007? Nine, yeah. Give or um, take? Yeah, Pioneer better work. Some people are like, I wouldn't call her a legend, but Pioneer, I mean, she's been doing this a while, man, and uh, she was, I mean, the women who were doing it when a time where you weren't making any money, Mark, like, I don't know, it's like, it's like I see, like, I mean... The guys who were fighting back where you weren't making money either. Like it's a there's a different gr- breed of people, man. That's a, that's a different type of person doing Look, this with no financial reward. The ladies that were fighting consistently, BR before Ronda, those are the ones you got to give a lot of props to because, as you alluded to, they maybe they were getting twenty five hundred um to to fight, yeah. and this was in the times when it was still three minute rounds and they weren't getting any respect yeah. at all. So um. Nothing but kudos to Felice Herrig. Another thing uh, about Felice Herrig, um, this isn't being a dirty old man. This is more, she was definitely one of the pioneers of basically leveraging her looks to try to get more burn and more popularity. And I remember back when she was doing this, she was derided a lot for it. Um, And one thing we've seen in the last few years is women really taking charge of their sexuality and their bodies and really not giving a shit what anyone else is saying. And, you know, a, a, a lot of women have followed her example when it comes to this and no one gives them boo anymore. Yeah, so, um, $70,000 a month from OnlyFans for Felice Herrig. So props to her man even coming back because Mark, I don't think she makes more than like, I mean, these. I mean, she's lost all these fights in a row. I don't think she made seventy thousand dollars in fight in those in those last four years fighting. You know what I mean? Like getting half a oh, paycheck each of those fights. Yeah, it. I mean, we probably will know what her payout was. I would think. I don't think that so even. I don't, I don't even think. I don't see it anymore in Vegas. Not that it matters. It, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, at one point in her UFC career, she was. You know, she had a little bit of a streak. She was getting close to title contention, and just you know, it, it wasn't there for her. Um, you know. Nothing wrong with that. You know, not everyone makes it in the sport. But like I said, it, the most important thing is being able to pivot, right? Like, she is a marketable person. She's charismatic. Um, she's a pretty girl. So, yeah, she's always been able to use, you know, her looks to try to garner more success. And, I mean, look, at she's a price fighter. I mean, whatever you can do to, to bring in a dollar, you're going to do. So, you know, hats off to her um, for being able to make that pivot outside of fighting because, there's a lot of guys that we don't hear about that don't get an interview, you know, at the end of their career, they just go out and it's like, I guess I'll work construction or what, yeah. else, what, how, how do I pivot? I spent the last 10 years, you know, going after my dream. And now, you know, I didn't reach the goal. I'm left unceremoniously. I did not make a big standing for myself. So how do I make money? You, you even Mark, Kirk, Dude, you know, a guy who was super famous, he's selling cars now. I mean, it's hard to make that pivot when you put your whole life into something and it doesn't pan out, what do you do to make money? So I think it's good that she's well off. Yeah, you see that a lot with, um. I've seen, like, uh, this is a, this avenue, a lot of, I know, a lot of UFC fighters, like a lot of you active UFC fighters, releases in that rare, have, have running OnlyFans pages, a lot of professional wrestling women, pretty much every single one not in WWE has got one going. Um, and they're all, you know, everybody's doing what they're comfortable with. Put it that way, they're all adults, no judgment there. 
And yeah, man, like you committed, a, you've chose a career path where you got a finite amount of time to make money with your body, right? Like once, probably once you get 40, that's a wrap, you know, probably 35 most cases too. Like you got to find a way to make an income. Life is not, you know, no one's going to feel sorry for you. You can't just sign autographs at the car show. It's not enough money there. Um, all right. Um, not, I'm not sure what else to mention out of the rest of this card. So yeah, happy retirement. Happy retirement, though, to Felice. Yeah. Um, woman who had and, a, I mean, su- I'd did, say successful did, career, man. She did anything you want. I didn't hear, did she, is she closing the door on combat sports altogether or just for your secret? Because, again, like bare knuckle boxing, I feel like that's some place that would be interested she, I mean, in her if she's interested in it. I think that is, well, I mean, I'd say it's detrimental to where she's earning her income right now. Paige Van Zant was doing that, and she's printing money, so I don't know. I, don't I mean, the thing is, like, Owen too. Yeah, and, and we talked about it. You know, I mean, yeah, you think like, okay, well, she has this fan base, but and again, like, I we make assumptions about. I don't know what she does on her OnlyFans if it is just like a kind of like sexual attraction kind of thing, or if there's stuff about like her getting ready for. You know, are the fans of her OnlyFans there because she's an MMA fighter, or because she's a pretty face, or a combination of the two? And if she's not active. Does that drop off? Does she need another source of income? Or does she just want to keep doing boxing because, one, she's been fighting you know, for so long. She has this skill set. Maybe she still feels validated in that. It seems like bare-knuckle boxing is paying a lot of money. Their contracts seem to be very open, so they allow you to do a lot of things if you want to go another avenue. So who knows? You know, I mean, shit. Paige, I, yeah, Paige signed with a whole-ass wrestling company after being right, undergone yeah, to bare-knuckle. So. That didn't seem to matter. And, and I, would, I would imagine... You know, not to make a lot of similarities about them both being attractive, blonde, young women, but like, you know, she might be looking at Paige and being like, well, this seems like a good trajectory. You know, like she went to bare knuckle boxing. She's getting paid a lot, even though, you know, that transition hasn't been super successful. Now she's in AEW. No, who knows? But I feel like she she has a lot of star power. And then even like you said, Bob, when we were talking about her OnlyFans, like I think you said it was she has like. 70,000 fans. Yeah, I saw I saw it's like 10 bucks a month. She's charging. So you just do some simple math. You're like. Okay, well, she got 7,000 people willing to yeah, give her 10 bucks a month. The same thing, like Patreon, like if you're a single person that that revenue stream's coming into, you don't need a like huge fan base to be independent, right? So it seems like, you know, she's carved out, you know, you know, 7,000 people is nothing to scoff at, especially when they're paying you 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. But like, it seems to be enough to pay the bills and, you know, hopefully she can garner that. If she did something else, maybe it would get more people interested in her or recognize her. But, you know, who knows? But we'll see, you know. Hats off to her, you know. Best of luck. Hope you know. Hopefully, nothing but good things for her. Um. All right. I want to talk about boxing? Uh, yes. Because I really enjoyed my. Not just because I made money on this fight and I knew what was going on. Um. Shout out to the Morning Combat podcast because I'm learning stuff about boxing just because of Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell. And like at first, I was just kind of zoning out during that parts of the podcast, but then I just started listening, and I'm just like. Well, shit, man, they're going to determine who the undisputed lightweight champion of the goddamn world is this weekend. So Devin Haney was the WBC champion, um, which I don't remember what these all stand for. So WBC for Devin World Haney. Boxing, Boxing Association. Association. So now I'm, well, I'm, 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 there's a C. Wrong one. I yeah, said I think WBC. World Boxing Council, World Boxing. World yeah, so Boxing every, let me go. champion. All right. Sure. Thank you. Um, so Devin Haney was the WBC lightweight champion. He was facing George Cambosis Jr., the WBA, IBF, WBO, and the ring 
lightweight champion, a man who um, took those belts um, off of uh, Teofimo Lopez. Um, Teofimo being the one who beat Lomachenko. So big win last year for him to do that. So this fight against Devin Haney is a unify is a unification bout, which is Marcus. It's not. There's a lot of titles in boxing, so getting a unified champion is nice, quite frankly. Um, sure. So um, Cambosis is from Australia, so this fight was in Australia, in front of forty thousand people, and uh, Haney, one of his main trainers, is his dad. His dad has got a record, so his dad was not able to even get to the fight until like the day of. He got, like, a special visa that let him into Australia. Um, he put on a goddamn masterclass uh, on uh, Cambosis Jr. The scorecards where they gave Cambosis four rounds, those people need to not judge boxing, ever. I had 11-1. to 1. Everybody had between 10-2 and 12-0. He just boxed him up. He just jabbed him. Um, Cambosis needed to make this a dirtier fight, needed to get him against the ropes. What Haney did really smart, and you see this with a lot of fighters who know what they're doing, is they, when they get into a clinch position in boxing, when the referee is trying to separate them, the guy is moving his opponent to where, to more so the area he wants to be in. So these guys would clinch, and Haney would make sure while they're getting separated, let me get away from the ropes. You know, he just jabbed him. He just jabbed him. I had a bet on Haney winning by decision because I'm like, well, I've seen him fight. He could jab this other guy throws throws fights a little wild. I'm a him by decision seems like a good idea. My bet was looking so good, guys. I was worried Haney was gonna finish him. And now they got an automatic rematch, which I don't know how Combosis negotiated that. And I don't know how you sell it because it was not close. And you were at home. And this 23-year-old flew across the world and is now the lightweight champion of the world. That was pretty cool, man. It seems like um they were talking about it on Morning Combat. This generation of boxers as they put it, want the smoke. It seems like these guys want to fight. Like, they want, there's not going to be as many fractured divisions. Because, I mean, you look at what's going on at heavyweight, where you got, uh, Fury's got, like, half the titles, at least, I think. Tyson Fury. And then Yusik, the Ukrainian, has the other ones. Yusik is going to fight Anthony Joshua, and it's very much expected we're going to get Tyson Fury versus the winner of that. Where I don't know when was last time we had a unified, undisputed heavyweight champion. I mean, Mike Tyson, Lennox. Lennox? Hey, you don't think you don't think one of the Klitschko's uniform? No, because they wouldn't fight each other. Because one of them had one of them, and the other ones had the others. Yeah, but Vitali ended up retiring after a while, so Vladimir was never unified. I don't think there was ever a unified heavyweight champion under any of those guys, uh, either of those brothers. Um, I'm on it. Yeah. Okay. So I thought it was real. I mean, I don't know. I just it was also on free TV. I mean, not free. I pay for ESP. I pay for YouTube TV, but like. It was on ESPN. I didn't have to, you know, let's say pay for it. Um, I didn't have to pay for this one. So that was nice. Um, Mike, are you trying to see who I'm dragging this out so you can tell me unified champions? Uh, I'll probably just cut in at some random moment and find it. Um, but yeah, like, uh, what was it last month? Jamel Charlo unified the light middleweight championship. Uh, Canelo had all of them at one point. But. You gotta imagine Terrence lost, Crawford, so. huh? Terrence Crawford Canelo definitely just lost. Didn't. I don't know if all oh, of yeah, the true. belts are on the line, but like uh, Terrence Crawford was at one point. I'm sure Terrence Crawford doesn't lose fights. Anyway, um, I'm kind of enjoying watching boxing, man. Mike, go ahead. 
Vladimir Klitschko won the Unified Championship in 2008 and defended it 14 times. Jeez. How was it unified when his brother had IBF and WBO. There's one more. Well, I guess they don't count ring. No, oh, there's WBC. Well, then Wikipedia has <laughs> failed me. Um, maybe these all were considered the same at you know at that level at all times. Well, so that's also what happens when there's just a fucking <laughs> alphabet soup of uh, championships. Yeah. Well, you know what, man? Uh, they're saying the amount of money. I think Ariel made a good point about this fight. Um, I wanted to pull it up where he's talking about because these guys obviously are fighting in um, a stadium in Australia. And uh, give me that. Okay. Cambosis made $10 million. Haney made $2.8 million. Right. Ariel says Volkanovsky and Holloway three would draw more people, more more money, and generate more money. Would draw more people and generate more money at Marvel Stadium, which is a stadium in Australia, than Cambosis Haney, and that's a fact, no question in my mind. They also wouldn't earn one fourth the combined amount these guys made, which that's probably true. I don't think they're clearing uh, more more than what's a quarter of thirteen million dollars, like four and three, no three, three and change. Yeah, no. One maybe gets one and a half. One maybe gets one. That's just it. Yeah. So that's fair. That's what you get with the alphabet soup, though, man, where the people don't just own these guys. Now, I have a bit more information for you guys. Mm. For sure, Lennox Lewis became the undisputed champion, all four of those belts, in April 2000. Okay. Sure. So there we go. All right. Can I talk about my boxing match now? Oh, did you? Are you gonna watch it? Absolutely, I'm gonna watch. I'm not gonna watch it live. Oh, I'm okay. Watch it. Okay. Well, let's oh, talk okay. about. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna wake up at two thirty in the fucking morning oh, to watch just stay fight away. Just stay were, away. If, if you were a fan, you were. I mean, what question, uh, well, Mike? Well, Mike, when what? do you wake up? Most days. Me? Yeah. What time? You know. Six o'clock. Mike, Mark, you have an opportunity here to convince Mike to watch this fight. He likes to get up half an hour early. Go ahead. That's true. I mean, uh, you watch it if you want. I told. I mean, Bobby, you said you didn't watch the first time Dinar and Inoue fought, even though I came out here, splooged all over the show about how great it was. It was on my fucking birthday. It was a big birthday gift to Mark, and I watched this fight. Best fight of 2019. Whatever. Um, but yeah, Dinar and Inoue are fighting again, and I'm really excited. Uh, Noya Inoue quickly became my favorite. I, honestly, probably my favorite fighter in any combat sport. This kid is a generational talent. I'm really nervous about this fight. Dinar is no fucking joke. And their first fight, not only was it a classic, it is the exact type of fight you want a young, promising fighter like Inoue to fight. He fought a tough veteran. He got cracked in the second round, broke his orbital bone. We saw him really effing tested. He was hurt bad. He had to come back from that. And he beat a guy like Dinar. He dropped him in, I think, the 10th or 11th round with his fucking killer liver shot. Dude, when he works the body... It is a thing of fucking magic. You know, I, I on this show, I so often talk about how vital the liver shot is and how much is basically like a chin on the body and in a way blast that fucking thing. So I'm super excited for, about this fight. Um, you know, I, I think they're saying in a way is pound for pound listed at number three. And now that Canelo lost, there's potentially some movement. So it's going to be a tough fight. Dinar gave him everything he could handle and more. Um, like I said, he broke his orbital in the second round and had to come back from that. So I'm excited to see. I hope he puts on a better performance, but I'm not going to be surprised if Denar also gets this. Bob, you had a comment? Ninito is a plus 400 underdog. Um, 
to minus 600 for Inouye as the favorite. So people seem to think Inouye's got this under control. I know. The, I wonder the, what the line was last time, too. Oh, uh, I don't think I can pull that off. Um, I mean, but like. But last, uh, but it's worth mentioning the first one went to decision, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over under on this one is seven and a half rounds because they think maybe Ninito is going to sell out. Maybe, I think, to try to go for it. Maybe that's what people are expecting. Yeah. I don't know. They're going 12, right? This is for, there's a belt, there's belts yeah. on the line. They're Bantamweight yeah. titles on the line. Yeah, okay. And, I think um, there's three belts or something. I know. In what is this actually two. on if one did want to watch it live and pay for it? I think it's on ESPN. I think it's Top Rank, which has a thing with ESPN. Are they really charging money for this? Something at three in the morning, though? Is it just like, no, yeah, I don't plus? think, I don't think no they're charging they money. Oh, it's I don't on think plus, right? Money. I think it's just on yeah, ESPN Plus. I believe, I hope so. Because I'll be, if I can't watch it through ESPN Plus, I'll be going to my I, Ruski sites to find it. Man, I feel like at 2 2.30 in the morning, California time, what the hell is on what the hell is on regular ESPN? They can't just have it there. It might be on TV. No, it could be. I don't know. Honestly, I have no 2 idea. But it's, it's in, in Japan. Two thirty in the morning. It's in Japan. Morning, so that's like, why the, the times are all scurry. But yeah, I've you know, I I really try to keep a pulse on this guy and see when he's fighting. He has I mean, this is obviously his biggest fight since that last time. He's had a handful of fights since then, but they've been kind of and again, I, I don't know the landscape so much to even know, like, okay, if he beats Denar, where does he go from here? And honestly, like, I really don't care. Like, I'll, I'll watch this guy hit the bag. Like, he's Bantam just... weight he, is what in boxing? Like, what What are we talking? 131? 132? Is it close to MMA, what Bantamweight? I, I don't, don't think so. I think it's less. I think it's like 118 or something. Oh, okay. I think he fights at 118. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just... I, I've fallen in love with this guy. Um, yeah, like I said, easily my favorite fi- fighter. So I was really excited when I heard they're doing the... I, honestly, I was worried. I was like... Shit, that first fight was a close call. He really had to dig deep. And, you know, he's had some fights since then where it looks like he's just playing with the guys. He's just waiting for those openings to, to find that that highlight real knockout. But again, like, I think I, I got to pull up his, his record. I think he had he's like 22 and 0. And I think there's like 18 knockouts. I mean, 19. 19. Yeah. So, okay. So it's, yeah. Uh, 19. Okay. Sorry. 22 wins, no losses, 19 knockouts, only three decisions. The fucking kid's Tyson-esque. Like he really is like, I mean, obviously not the same type of fighter, but like he goes for the finish. Um, and they're fantastic again to the body, to the head. Just is this for, this is undisputed also, isn't it? I have no idea. Oh, there's no WBO. Someone else has a WBO, I guess. Yeah, and maybe he'll fight that guy or something. I don't I don't know what the landscape is. Um, but yeah, I'm just super excited. I, I hope he wins. But again, like I don't even want like him losing will not diminish like how talented and fun it is to watch this guy. Like I and I wanted to watch the fight you were talking about, Bob, but like at the end of the day, as much as I like boxing and, and someone boxing someone up for twelve oh, rounds. It wasn't that thrilling. <laughs> right. I'll say like I'd rather watch this every day yeah. of the week. This guy goes for the. You should go. Uh, you got to see him next time he comes flights in uh, fights in, in Vegas. You should go. Uh, I think he 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 had a Twice. couple fights in Vegas. He went back to back in Vegas in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, I think those were his first ones in the states because he was mostly fighting over in Japan. And apparently, yeah, I mean, he has fun. one fight in Carson, California, a while ago, which is interesting. Well, that's weird. <laughs> 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, and uh, it looks like the Usyk versus uh, what's it called fight? I just was just looking at it. What the hell? Usyk versus Joshua fight is in July in Saudi Arabia. Wow, this uh, this guy, this guy in a way, he won a WBC belt in his sixth fight. Yeah, I think it was one of his amateur fights. I think he might have lost or something. 
And then I think his, and again, like, and this isn't, I think uncommon, like Bobby said, one of the guys from your fights, his dad was his trainer in a ways. Dad's his trainer. I think they said like, yo, once we, once we start pro no easy fights, we're not messing around. We're not padding the record. We're going fucking after it. I think he got the Japanese title on his fourth win. He He got the OBF on his fifth, which is like, so basically he got the national title, the international title. Yeah. OB OPBF, the Orient Pacific boxing federation. I think it is. And then he got the IBC on his sixth uh, fight, and is just o- basically been OP going OPBF uh, the OPBF uh, lightweight champ uh, Miyato Ichiro. I know, am I right? Uh, am I right, Mark? Yeah, I was watching this. I was like, "This is fucking Epo, dude." <laughs> and and honestly, like, okay, we'll end it here. Bobby One thing, also, lost. like. The, no, I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to have actual MMA news for the next segment. That's it. I Go think ahead. it was 2019 where he got Fighter of the Year, and Ring Magazine had him on the cover, and they had the artist who does Epo draw him as that. And I was like, oh yeah, this 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 guy's fucking awesome. So George yeah, Murray I'm, Cowan, I'm super excited. I have no idea, but um, yeah, well, I'll I'll let you guys know next week. But yeah, as you're listening to this, the fight's probably on ESPN or somewhere out there on the internet. So you know, hopefully, is a good fight. I mean, honestly. I've watched a lot of his fights. I haven't seen a dud. Um, even when he fought some kind of no-name guy, and I think in his last fight, uh, he kind of took a little bit longer than I thought, but it was still a really fun fight. So, yeah, excited, super excited for this one. All right. Um, Mike, you got anything to add to boxing talk? Uh, you can't use kicks. That's true. No kicks. No you lies got shoes told. On. No lies told. I mean, you can use kicks. You just oh, you know, be you'll be DQ'd. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Uh. The funniest news I saw was Figueroa was really angry. The UFC booked the interim mm. title fight between <laughs> Moreno and France, Kaikara France, which I didn't know that was even happening. But cool. Sounds like a fun fight. Um. Figueroa <laughs> says the belt is mine. There's no other belt except for this plastic belt. This joke they're doing between Moreno and France. If we have a chat and the UFC can increase my earnings inside the organization, then I'll stay in the division. But if nothing happens, I'll be forced to move up. I'll stay in the flyweight division if they increase my purse. I, 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 I don't think Figueredo should spend as much time with uh, Henry Cejudo. Yeah, that's because, what I was thinking. Because Henry was popular. Uh, like people knew who Henry was. And Henry made a dime fighting in the last two and a half. was three years? How long has Henry been gone? Um, I mean, Henry, Henry overplayed his hand. Henry thought that he was more popular than he really was or more. Henry didn't realize, uh, much like John Jones that, Hey, this train's going to keep chugging along without this, you, baby. Yo, we got guaranteed money coming from ESPN. Buddy. Yeah, man. They, 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 we don't need, we don't need, they don't need anybody. They don't need Jones. They don't need Francis. They don't, they make a new one. That's what they think. They'll make a new I, one. Well, and I mean, and, and those are the divisions that pull in the yeah. most eyes. And he's in the division that pulls in the least. So it's like your hand is not that. No, good. he's like, and he said, like, he said something where he says, me and Henry Cejudo saved this division. I'm like, hey. no, what are you saving it for? You aren't saving it from anything. The organization felt that the one guy was way too dominant and they weren't making enough money. Like, you saved it from the old. That's not, this is like some shit where, like, they're like you're congratulating yourself from stopping the like the the, the 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 monster here is the UFC. That's the bad guy. Like that's who was ending the division. What are you talking about? 
What 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 did I you mean, save? Oh, I, I we have to give some credit where credit's due. We all thought this division was going to fold a long time ago. So I mean, look, if he wants to say he's saving it, he's basically in the rowboat, and they're just shoveling water out, and it's like we're saving it, bro. And it's like it's still here, but there's why not does much, it why does it need to be saving? saved? Why does it need it? Why do, I don't understand why it needs to be saved? There's a women's featherweight champion where they don't even have rankings, and the, there's at least twenty five people in this weight class. The guy holding the belt in this weight class, this guy is more talented than most of the champions. All these guys are more physically okay. I'm going on my rant yeah. about lighter weight classes. I, I just, I just, I do wonder though. Like, I mean, because we thought for a long time this division was going to fold. We kept thinking every week, like, oh, once. Well, they once said it was Henry's gone. Once for yeah, but they it said it did. with Mighty Mouse. They traded, they traded Mighty Mouse to a whole ass different continent. Yeah. They trade him for Ben Askren to get. He's the greatest champion they've ever had. I I know, and they took it for an Askren flying knee, and they're like, "That was a good trade." (laughs) Mossman's a star now. We just made that was that was a good pivot on our point. Didn't think that was going to happen, but at the end of the day, it's like you know, I think the division is healthier. It's more interesting. I think Figueroa, yeah, and Henry. I think they both made it a little bit more interesting. But like, yeah, so did Brandon. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I think Brandon, I just saw in a headline said like. If he leaves, who cares? Because it's yeah. like, and then because if he leaves, then Brandon's the champion, the guy that everyone loves and everyone wants to root for anyway. So it's half like, of us oh, thought he won the last won. fight. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. No, so, it's not like it's not like anybody would be like, "You didn't beat the champion." He did the fight before that. He finished him in three rounds. Like, <laughs> and, and like we talked about, I, I'm honestly just happy to see those two guys at least not fighting each other again. And, and like we talked about, you know, at work today, Bobby, it's like, it's not because neither of us didn't like those fights. All those fights were fantastic. It's just like, I want to mix it up. I don't want to watch the same movie four times in a row. Yeah. One after another, like I want to see some different looks and then let me anticipate that fight again, which they haven't really done. So I'm just glad he's fighting someone else. Hopefully it's a fun fight. He gets a belt. They can, you know, do their fourth fight, and they both have belts, and they can try to make it a big deal and try to sell or it. Kai and wins. Fail to do so. and, or Kai wins. Or maybe Kai wins, wins and he comes and smokes Figueroa, and then all of a sudden this city kickboxing got themselves another champion. There you go. They already yeah, got two. They got storylines. Right? So they already got Izzy. They got Alex. Needed. They got Volk, and they got Izzy. They might have a, they might have a third title. Maybe Eugene Berman gets three titles. Sure. You know? Um, yeah. Um, Mike, you got any news this week from MMA? Because I'm not finding anything. Uh, I had uh, one thing that will make you lose even more faith in just humanity. Uh, I think I sent it to you on IG earlier today. A little tiff, a little tiff between Patty Pimblett and Eletu Peria in that he called Patty Pimblett. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of laughed at this because it's just funny to say it's Spanish. He called him un come pinga, which is basically called him a cocksucker. And, you know, Patty Pimblett took offense to it more just in the vein of, what if I am gay? It's day two of Pride Month or whatever when he said it, too. (laughs) It was like June 2nd. You know, basically just standing up for our our, our pride, uh, our our gay uh, allies. You know, it's like, yo, who cares if I'm gay? If I I am gay. To which uh, Tuperia basically responded, essentially, yeah, yeah, I know you gay. It's like, oh, okay. This is really devolving into intelligent discourse. Um, I say it every week, man. The fighters make enough money. I've decided it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> they all make enough money. Like, we 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 beat that drum for so long. About I don't care. You all make enough money. Both. And that's like, you know what? Now they're sharing their opinions. And we're kind of like, shout oh, out to know, these whatever. boxers, man. 
I didn't hear Devin Haney say anything about Pride Month that enjoys $2.8 million. Um, Chito Vera, Dominic Cruz, main event of a fight night. Love that fight. Yeah, that was interesting. If Dominic can still move, which, look, man, Dominic's feet are beat up. If Dominic's legs are beat up, he's got plantar fasciitis, he's got a Botox his feet. There's a lot happening with Dominic. If Dominic can move, if he can cortisone shot his way or whatever through this thing, cool. And Cheeto is really good. It's we gotta give take him seriously here. Love that fight. Um another one we got going on here is I heard we heard Fedor does not want to fight Junior Dos Santos. Okay. <laughs> which maybe Fedor realized I'm not gonna win that fight. I'd like to avoid it. I think that's what happened here. It's <laughs> Fader is like, oh, I'm 47. Maybe I just shouldn't be fighting anymore. I <laughs> uh, saw this headline a couple places. Sage Northcott and Amir Khan verbally agreed to fight on one championship's Amazon Prime debut in August. Mark got a look on his face right now. It's like, is it that Amir Khan? No. There's a no. whole different Amir Khan. Okay. <laughs> There's an I, MMA Amir Khan. There's a lot of information there. Yeah. So, yeah no, thought, you, you no. didn't know about the Prime thing? One's going I to didn't Prime. Know about the, the yeah, Prime they're going to go debut on Prime. We're going to try to do it and take another crack at the Indies Americans to watch. Because putting them on after AEW and having literally every technical mishap happen in 20 minutes, Mike. Really, well, the first again, 20 minutes, like, that is... <laughs> a streaming service might be better suited, right? If they're looking at the ESPN model, it's like, look at... I mean, and this and it's like, one puts on good stuff. Like, they have a... I mean, look, yeah. like, their, their telecast might have been, you know, had a bunch no, of No, that was a dad bad like, luck on that one. They put on a good show. I... I subscribe to their YouTube channel because I think it's like the week after the event, they just put the fights up there and I've watched them and they're like, they're good. It's, they have a good talent pool. I mean, look at, it's a lot of Southeast Asian fighters. So there's a lot of Muay Thai fighters and stuff like that, but like, these are tough guys and these are really, you know, a talent rich pool. So I think like, yeah, going on a streaming service where maybe if they have an ESPN model where it's like, look at, like, we don't care if you, you know, you don't need to have like, the biggest fight card in the world. We just want to have a constant stream of combat sports on our platform. And if you can provide that, here's a bunch of money. It's like, that might be a good fit for them. Cause it sure as hell seems like it's great for the UFC. The UFC just been like, Oh, we can, we can shit out a card every week. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of fighters and like, no one knows who they are. No one really cares. These guys that do a podcast can't, you know, be bothered to pick more than one fight in the card, but we still cast a check every month or whatever it is. So, yeah, that could be a fun fit. I did not know that. I didn't hear about that. So that's cool. Yeah, I wonder I like if my that. YouTube channel is going to become less uh, less uh, I mean, you got Prime. That's content. fine. I do. You know? I mean, I know I, I know people who have Prime. So that's like the one thing I don't personally pay for. So. I was going to say, you're part, of, you're part of the Paris family. It's fine. Yeah. It's not like you're part of a, you know, cadre of people from coast to coast splitting Netflix amongst well, sure, three or four yeah. people. Not like you're doing that. Right? No. Why would I, anybody I pay, do that? Uh, right, Mike? I pay Netflix and, and uh, the, the whole Disney Plus bundle with ESPN and Hulu and a bunch of other crap. And I'm even thinking about getting Paramount because they keep getting like movies. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind watching Jackass. Oh, there's a Beavis and Butthead do the universe. I like the old Beavis and Butthead. And we're sure it's Paramount fun. and not Peacock. Yes. <sighs> Peacock has nothing except like, and I wanted to watch Parks and Rec. It was like, it's there. just well, like, wrestling. That's all they, they okay. got. Wrestling. Uh, Peacock okay. has wrestling. They've got uh, okay. Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary is a very solid show. Why are you looking at me all weird, Mark? All right. Don't be racist. Just because we got all of, black people. A... I know you'll like it. All right. Wait, is, I thought it was just a Sherlock Holmes thing. No, Abbott Elementary is basically the, uh, the oh. office. 
No, it's, I heard about that. That actually did look good. It, yeah, it's, it's about a school, right? It's kind it of is, a, it is I've excellent. Heard, uh, okay, we're I not, we're not in stuff we like, but I would recommend it. You said elementary. I thought Sherlock Holmes wasn't uh, I was, Lucy Liu. I was going to say, if there's a Sherlock Holmes show on Peacock, I will then subscribe. I'm the biggest Sherlock Holmes mark that exists. Um, all right. Um, we're making picks. What are we doing? Yeah, that's right to you. Yeah, we haven't made those yet. We haven't done that. UFC 275 coming to you from the, as I struggle to pull it up, Singapore Indoor Arena, maybe? Is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah. Singapore Indoor Stadium, close enough. And Kalang, Singapore, a venue that holds between 12 and 15,000 people. God, I want to go to Singapore. Just putting that out there. Really want to go to Singapore. Mike, you been? I have not been to Singapore. Okay. We should go to Singapore. Let's get a, let's get a coalition of the willing to go to Singapore. We go, we go to Singapore. We run an experiment. We throw some gum on the floor. We see what no, happens. I, I don't want to get the kendo sticks, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not trying to get that ass whooping. The fuck? Who, who are the police officers there? Ric Flair? You don't know? I thought you were making a reference to that. That's a thing. They give lashings. Oh. For for throwing gum, I thought they threw you in jail. Well, I know you if you you can be punished with lashings too. I don't know if it's with a kendo stick. Yeah, though. it is with a kendo stick. <laughs> there was a whole thing. There's a whole story about this. The reason the Simpsons episode where Barton has to apologize to Australia is based on the time this motherfucker like vandalized something some American and they beat his ass like they were the Sandman with a with a, with a cane. Okay, it's a real story. All right, I'm gonna look that up for you in a second here. Man, All I right, got UFC a kendo stick. That does not feel like that. Would yeah, I got be one too. <laughs> I got one too. <laughs> UFC 275, Singapore Indoor Stadium. We're doing this at regular time, though, man. Don't know why. I, Mark, I was so excited for like a early fight card. I was looking oh, forward to an early fight card. I'm a big fan of coffee and fights, of an omelet and fights. That's what I like to do. Anyway, the champion at light heavyweight. Glover Lucas Teixeira defending that championship against Yuri Prohaska, the pride of Czech, well, it says of Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, though when he was born there, Czechoslovakia. Um, betting line for this one, we got a champ as an underdog, boys. The champion is an underdog. We got uh, Glover coming into this one as a plus 165 champion. To Yuri's minus 195. Yuri hasn't lost a fight since King Mo knocked him out in Ryzen. Um, Damn. Yeah. He got that win back. Knocked out King Mo. Uh, he's 28-3-1 overall. Only 2-0 and in the UFC. Those two wins, Ozdemir and Reyes. Pretty when big games. Fu- when you're throwing spinning back elbows, man, you get title shots quick. Uh, Glover Teixeira, man. The improbable run he was on. Six straight wins, ending with him taking that lightweight heavyweight championship off of Jan Blahovich in the second round back in uh, October of last year. Uh, I got a pick, right? I'm in, I'm in first still, right? Because Mike doesn't know how to pick fights. I'm still I'm still in first. Get, you, yeah, get, get, get your fucking belt while I say the rankings. Like I know that's what you're reaching for right now. Are you? I mean, yes. Are you I ready? Am. Okay, there you are. For, this isn't a visual I, medium, but yes, I got I, I got I was our about title to say that. Um, <laughs> For those of so you it's that, literally just for you. For those of you that don't know, um, Bobby has 
since the start of the year, essentially, um, every time I say the rankings, he goes and grabs his world championship belt that he made exclusively just to rub it into me that I've never won the rankings. So, again, go fuck yourself, Bob. That's right. And uh, you are indeed in first uh, with a 26 and 13 record. And then the rest of us are bringing up the rear at 24 and 15. Is is chalk twenty four and fifteen also? Chalk is twenty four and fifteen. Okay. Uh, wait, just to make sure, um, because I did was the, who was the favorite. Was... He was he the favorite? Yeah. Then yeah, uh, chalk so the... is also twenty four and fifteen. So the betting community was trying to help you last week, and you still messed it up. Just so we're clear. You know, I <laughs> thought there was. I thought he was a live underdog. Uh, Rosen. Honestly, Curry. I thought it was no. so too. Volkov's lost some fights, bro. <laughs> like I was thinking, I'm like, this may not go well. Um, all right. Um, this, this is too heavy. You got to hold it. It's too hold heavy to hold this belt up, man. So much weight, so much weight. Um, I got, I got Yuri, man. I got Yuri Prohaska. I'm a little worried. He's only got two UFC fights that I've, I've fallen into. I'm, I'm, we're going to discover some giant get hole in his game. Um, but I oh, man, he's got 18 knockouts and 10 submissions. I figure he can grapple a little bit, you know? Glover's a good wrestler, though. That does worry me. I worry about this fight going late. Um, I don't know how long. I mean, Yuri's seen the three round, third round a couple of times. So if it goes late, I'm worried. Glover is Glover's a professional, man. He's got 40 fights. He's a professional. But Yuri, man, he's a scary man. I think he's about to become champion. Marcus, what do you got? Yeah, I think this one's really tough. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think Yuri is the favorite for obvious reasons. He's super dynamic. He finishes basically all of his fights. He hardly ever goes to this goes to the decision. And yeah, he doesn't have a ton of UFC fights, but like they were both spectacular. You know, he beat two contenders in, you know, monumental fashion. I mean, the way he he beat Reyes with a spinning back elbow was phenomenal. My main concern here. And I was kind of hoping, like, okay, if I'm going to pick Glover, I want to look through Yuri's resume, see him fight some guys that were proficient in ground fighting, specifically with jujitsu and submissions, and see how he fared against those guys. And he really hasn't fought in a lot of them. A lot of the guys that he's fought in that have been grappling base have been wrestlers. So I, I see avenues Glover can win. I see avenues if he's able to get the fight to the ground where he can really change the, the complexion of the fight. Because I do think standing up, he's going to get demolished. I think Yuri is so dynamic. He loves making angles and using such a wide variety of strikes from range and in the clinch. He's going to be a lot to handle. But I do see if Glover can get him down, get on top and get him tired in that way. Because I, I think what's also really interesting is like Glover's hard to finish. You know, Absolutely. he has been knocked out. But those guys that knocked him out have been like super either heavy-handed, like your Anthony Johnson. He did get stopped by Gustafson. But then guys like John oh, Jones. Oh, wait, sorry. I was reading the wrong person's you were. record. When you said yeah. 10 submissions nope, by Yuri. No, he got two like, submissions. I'm really questioning yeah. my Yuri pick now. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's really like I don't feel confident in Glover, right? I do feel like he kind of got this belt because the division had gotten a little bit weak. And, and that's not – and I don't want to say anything to Jan. Like, I think Jan was a great champion. And – Glover was able to kind of exploit some weaknesses on his end. You know, he was able to get him to the ground and that really just gassed him out and he was able to get the sub. And I could see him doing that with Yuri too. 
It's just if he's not able to get to the ground, I think he's smoked. Like I think Yuri's so good on the stand-up. He's going to be able to pick those shots, pick them apart, and finish the fight. But if he's not he's got, able he's got to, a like, stretch of 10 straight knockouts going right now. Yeah. But I do worry that if he's not able to find those shots, if he's not able to hurt Glover and this goes into the deep rounds, how does he fare there? You know, because his style does, you know, tend to use a lot of energy. He's moving around a lot. He's creating angles. He's light on his feet. If he's doing that and then he gets grounded and he has to kind of, you know, where Glover wears on him and and gets him tired that way, like that takes away a lot of the snap and and the the impact of his, his strikes. That all being said, I don't feel comfortable enough picking Glover uh, to win this fight. If Mike was going to pick Yuri, maybe I'd pick Glover just to make it interesting because I do think he's a live dog. But I just, I think in my heart of hearts, I do, I've always thought Yuri's going to be a lot to handle for basically anyone in this division. And I would need somebody that kind of had the submission game that, that Glover did, but be more proficient in the wrestling too. Like almost like a John Jones for me to think like, okay, he's going to be able to get him in clinches. He's going to be able to take him down. And when he takes him down, how is he going to fare there? I just don't know if Glover's going to be able to create those opportunities to get a clean shot and to take him to the ground where he's going to need to do that. So I'm picking Yuri, but like I think Glover's a real live dog in this one. I think this is a tough fight to call. Um, that all being said, I think we're going to learn very quickly if Glover is up to the task, if he's going to have the footwork to keep up with Yuri and trap him against the cage and get that takedown and change the whole complexity of the fight. I just think Yuri's too dynamic. He he is the future of this division, I feel, in one way or the other. So I'm kind of rooting for him too. So Yeah, only 29 years old. Mike? I was thinking about maybe taking whoever you guys didn't take, but I'm – and honestly, there's no reason for me to think this, but Glover is 43 – like, what, 43, 44 years old. Um. I have a sinking feeling we are going to see a massive drop off in how good Glover is in this fight because let's face it, he got to an unexpected mountaintop in his last fight. There has to be a very big sense of I've done everything I I could in this sport. Like I'm going to assume that he's lost probably a lot of the drive really that he had coming into his last fight. And Technically as well, um, you guys pretty much said a lot of it. Glover's only real avenue to win this fight, I think, is to get it to the ground. I think Yuri is going to be too explosive to allow that to really be uh, an issue. And I don't think this fight is going to get dragged out into the fourth, fifth round. I think Yuri will finish him within three rounds. All right. Um, Talia Santos. Who? Versus Valentina Shevchenko. <laughs> he had that uh, one in the pocket for a second. Talia Santos, I, 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 I really big up to her a lot as we talk about how good she is. Because she is. Um, 19 and 1, uh, riding a four fight win streak, lost a split to Mara Romero Borela back in 2019. She's only 28 years old. Uh, 19 wins, as I mentioned, one loss. Uh, 10 knockouts, 3 submissions, 6 decisions. Valentina thinks she's ranked number 1 woman pound for pound right now. Probably. I'd imagine. Given the other champions keep losing. Sure. Um, she's on a 8 fight win streak. From what I see here. 1, 2, 3, mm-hmm. four, 8 fight win streak. 
Um, just fucking people up, man. These fights aren't close. Um, she seems to be talking like next one she's going up. She's going. She's going hunting for another belt. I think she sees a weekly a week point up there. To be honest, with the current champion. Um, the only reason I think that she would lose any of these fights is if she was looking past her opponent. But she seems like a robot. She doesn't make mistakes, honestly. Just she has a game plan. And that's it. She's going to win and it's not going to be close. Mike? I've got an issue with you, Bobby. Mm-hmm. I have a major issue with you. All right? Because okay. I laid an amazing who joke. Then you try to legitimize this girl, Talia Santos. Oh, she's got a 19 and one record. I already did she's that last week. Knockouts, etto, I, I, I and did I'm a whole thing. Her, I'm looking at the people she beat in the UFC. It's a who's who of who's that. Molly McCann, Jillian Robertson, right, Roxanne, she a goat, but she's a goddamn goat that's like at 500. She beat and Roxanne Wood, and JoJo. Joette, Jojo hasn't been shit in like four years. This girl is a sacrificial lab. Why are we spending any more time talking about this fight? We're all picking Valentina. Mark, are you picking Valentina? Uh, I am, Bob, but I'm kind of with you. Like, I, look at like I don't. Someone's got to beat her eventually. Fuck. I have not. We both figure out these people are. <laughs> I've not been following Talia like super close. I mean, I did see the Joanne fight and uh, Roxanne. But otherwise, you know, when this fight first came up, I was like, you know, who is, but like the record's pretty stellar and looking at her fight, like she's a good standup fight. It's just, it is hard to pick. It, it is going to be really difficult to pick anyone against Valentina, right? Because well, like you said, Bobby, she has been at the top of the division. The only person that has really been able to cause her problems is Amanda Nunes. And that was at 35. And those fights were still very close. So it is hard for someone, even with the resume that um, Santos has, which is pretty good in the UFC, you know, basically what five and one, if you count the Dana White series. And before that, it was, you know, all wins and a lot of them within the first round. So, I mean, it's an impressive resume. It's hard to imagine anyone beating Valentina at this point. So, yeah, I'm also going to go with Valentina. But like you said, Bob, I think she's a live dog and I would still be surprised if she won. But given what I've learned of her in the last like few days, I mean, like I, I think she's maybe I, I think she's a stronger contender than what Valentina has been going up against. Like the Lauren Murphy, not not to discredit any of these, Lauren Murphy, Liz Carmouche, Jessica I. I don't think some of these contenders were like the strongest skill wise in the world. She feels like someone who, what was the name of the Japanese cat who lost a Mighty Mouse when he, we we all thought this was too early for him to fight him? Horiguchi, is that right? Horiguchi, yeah. I kind of view almost like it's like that. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's not that good. But like, I remember thinking like, I'm looking at her and I'm like, I know she's five and one and this weight class is thin, but like, give her another one or two, I think. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think like, let's get a little more seasoning on this, you know? Let's leave it in the oven a bit longer. But yeah, I don't think she's going to win. But uh, someone's going to beat Valentina eventually. Everybody loses. Hell, we've seen Valentina lose twice. So... Right now, Mark, Valentina versus uh, Juliana Pena. Who do you got? That's tough. I would probably still go with um, Valentina, but I think Pena, we've seen we've Do you think she's gotten her... that much better since the first time they fought? Oh, they fought before too, huh? Yeah, Valentina think... tapped her. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I think what Pena at least showed in the Amanda Nunes fight is that she has a ton of heart, 
And she can kind of, at least with that Nunez fight, like she kind of tricked her into fighting her fight, getting into a dog fight and just throwing out. And I don't think Valentina would fall for that. I, I think she's too seasoned and too technically trained to get in those. Cause I think with Amanda, like Amanda was landing good shots and she was like, I, I'm going to finish Pena. And Pena was like, no, I'm not, I'm not being finished in this fight. Like we're going to, we're going to fight, you know, you know, tooth and nail to this one. And, and she was able to pull it out. But I think Valentino's just too technical. I mean, more, more so like Pena is probably going to fight Nunez. And even though she beat Nunez, I still think Amanda Nunez is technically a better fighter. I think she just got dragged into a game plan that was not her style. She should have leaned more on her wrestling and got it done that way. But we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. If Valentina can become double champ in two divisions, I think that's awesome. I think she's definitely vying right now for pound for pound. I think right now she's the clear number one because Amanda Nunes has lost it. But I think being a double champ, defending both belts is kind of a criteria that I need for like, you know, for historical sense, because Amanda at 145, that division was super weak. But like we've talked about so many times, I've never seen any fighter, man or female in the UFC win two belts and then defend both of them. We've seen guys yep. win one belt and it's like, oh, I'm going to stick at heavyweight or I'm going to stick at uh, 155 and they don't go back and forth because I think that's where it gets gangster. It's like I got two belts and I'm defending on both fronts. Like that's that's fucking hard to do. So and yeah, she pulled that off. She pulled it off and she can pull it off at 125 and 135. That's a whole new thing too. That's and a, she can't like she can do that. Like I think she can be. If Penny, Amanda didn't exist, it I would. If Amanda didn't exist right now, I'd say she would do that. Yeah, like Amanda ceased so to exist. Amanda so said, "I'm done. I'm retiring." Again, they. I think Juliana's probably gotten better. But uh, Valentina's on a whole different level than she was. Yeah. I feel she's like extremely too. technical on, on the ground and standing. So is it's, she, it's is, she, is she still pretty young? Or am I mad? Like she? I don't think Valentina's that old. Oh, 34. She's older than I thought she was. Still. By the mm -hmm. way, um, Yuri Prochaska training with Henry Cejudo. Uh, which I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. I don't think he's gotten worse. I don't think they've won belts. <laughs> I think we Davison did. A lot of Figueroa did. Davison did. That's okay, how he won the then, belt. Okay, you're right. He did. But then a lot like Wei Ling lost. I think there's a lot of people that like. I thought Wei Ling looked way like, better. They look, in that they second look fight. good, but it's like you didn't get the strap dog. That's all it yeah, matters. When John Jones know. is when John Jones is heavyweight champion and he's got and he's, you know, he's sitting on Henry Tudor's stupid couch with all of his pillows. That's I don't belts. if John Jones could win any belt. He doesn't need any training. He doesn't train, Bobby. It doesn't matter. He's his own worst enemy. We made only, it this far without training. That's true. Yes, pretty much. All right, so we're all so right now the parlay has got two fights. Yeah, and I'm not uh, confident the, about that first one. Does we're it have a third fight? That other one. Another, if get, if the, another five dollars into the fire. Guys. Yeah. Um, this, if, all right. If there's going to be a fight that's going to fuck up the parlay. It's probably going to be this one. If we, oh, I don't think we're all going to be on the same if, side of this one. Yeah. Uh, Zhang Weili, Yoana and Jacek running back the fight of the year from 2020. Was it I arguably it was, one of the right arguably oh, I, the greatest women's fight ever. I'll never mm -hmm. forget this one because Whaley won this fight. It's March 7, yeah. 2020. She mm -hmm. got on the microphone. Mark knows where I'm going with this. And she said, don't worry about the coronavirus. China got it under control. And I'm like, "Woo! age like milk, baby. Age like milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was such a good fight. I thought Joanna won, but I remember do thinking at the end, I'm like, I, there's no argument like for any sort of wrong decision with that fight. Uh, Mark, you've pointed out earlier today to me, which it's hard for Joanna to win that decision when she had an alien growing out of her forehead. That was going to prove very difficult. 
Um, I'm trying to see if I can find how the scorecards or how the how the people felt about the first matchup. Um, God damn it. Help me out here. Yeah, okay, so UFC 248 they fought. Media looks like about 2-1 to one in favor of Wei Li. Um, the general public looks like 43% thought Joanna won and 57% thought Wei Li won. Hell of a close fight. Hell of a... This one's only three rounds. Um, mm. Which I don't know who... I think that's got to benefit Wei Li. Honestly, just the way she fights. Not that I, you know... Joanna's more of an accumulation kind of person. You know, Whaley's a, I'm going to punch you in your mouth, Vanderlei style right now. Do I pick this one first also? Is that how this works? Do I just keep picking first every fight? Because I don't like yeah, this first policy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like, I don't want this to be part of our parlay. So if we all live on the same side, I'm going to come back at the end and change my pick. Well, who are you going to um, pick? What? Who are you going to take? I'm going to take only because it's three rounds. Because I was getting ready to pick her. Three rounds, I think, does benefit Whaley. And I was checking back, and Whaley did win, it looks like, rounds one and three. Uh, on. All right, Mike. We forced, we forced Bobby to take Joanna then. Oh, no. You know what? Well, Joanna, won, Joanna won two rounds two and three in the first fight. I don't know. Ooh, I'm okay. very confused as to who Bobby's picking. I, wanna, I'm, I was going to pick Joanna. I'm picking Whaley. I'm picking Whaley. Mike, who do you got? I am going to go with Joanna. Um, Damn it. I'm not entirely sure. Like, look, this fight is, is a real, real toss-up. Um, I actually rewatched that fight um, maybe about a month ago. I was super bored. Mm-hmm. And not taking into account that she had a goddamn Haseem Rahman uh, size, you know, thing just growing out of her head. Just a hematoma I, from hell. Yeah, I I thought she won uh, three rounds mm-hmm. to two. Um, obviously, you know, it's been two years, and that was a super razor-thin decision. So it is a bit of a toss-up, but I like her chances in the rematch. I mean, talk about the fact that it sounded like Joanna was, was done a little bit at times, it felt like. I, it, For it, money it reasons. Like- she, she seems like she's realized they need to pay me the money they were paying me when I was champion even if I'm not the champion, because I'm too valuable to them. That's what it seemed like. She understood the business side eventually at the end. Mike, you were going to say something. Sorry. No, um, basically to that effect that I think at one point she said that she only either wants to fight for the belt or uh, I think contender fights at this point. Or I guess at the end of the day, just big fights. Do, does anybody know Whaley's nickname? Because I just saw it and I don't, didn't know it was that. I mean, is it in Chinese? If it's in no, Chinese, I can't help you there, bro. It's not something Magnum. red, right? Magnum. Magnum. Right? How the fuck they come up with Magnum? She's like a gun. Bang, bang. It's a big gun. Mark, who do you got? I'm going to go with Wailing as well. I'm kind of glad Mike, or I'm glad somebody picked Joanna, um, even though I'm not. Oh, we didn't confident. say the odds, did we? Either. Do we have them no. up, somebody? I, I actually I didn't say. I didn't say. I didn't say it for the last one either, Mike. So see, I say it for both fights. Yeah, sure. Uh, so on FanDuel, because that's where you, your boy makes his bread, uh, Zhang Wei Li is a minus 180 favorite. So Joanna's a plus 140 underdog. Valentina Shevchenko is coming in at a strong 
minus 770 uh, favorite to Talia who Santos is a plus 480 underdog and did we say for Glover and Yuri uh, yeah I, I said the DraftKings one you can say the FanDuel one go ahead uh, Yuri is a minus 215 favorite to Glover's plus 164 underdog looking like if we make the Yuri Valentina parlay the way this is headed uh our our $15 bet will make us a $10 victory a $10 profit oh, $10. nice oh, it won't pay for the next bet we have to put but <laughs> <laughs> you, you know get we get the money we discount. you know we get the the money we put in back, oh, we do right? but so. still it doesn't that's true no you're yeah. right so we would be garnering 25 so that actually pay for one other parlay and then a little bit of the next one so <laughs> we got something to work, work for we you. won one other one right we won another one at some point I don't think we did, yeah, Mike. We, did. we, we ever won any parlay? We, we hit one, Mike. I don't think we ever hit a parlay yet. Oh, we. Hit I don't. A I don't think us. No. I think you guys individually might have made another side. No, bet, Mike I and think... I don't. Mike and I don't make money either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever, Mike. Um, Mike. What this is what happens with Mike and I bet? One of us sends each other a fairly questionable idea, and then the other one's like, "Yeah, fuck it, man. Okay, I'm in. Let's do it." <laughs> I think it's true. Yeah, I got whaling. Um, I, I do like. Hearing Joanna, she hasn't fought since the first fight. She's taken this time off. And, you know, I think mentally it's probably done a lot of wonders for her kind of getting out of the kind of cycle of training up for the fight to actually get some R&R to actually re relax and then, you know, kind of feel that hunger again. You know, I do think it sounds like she has become a lot more independent financially. She has a lot of other businesses going on. But I do feel that she also knows all this stuff came from the belt. Like having the belt garnered you the popularity to venture into these other things and make money and to get that belt again would significantly help her. So I, I still I still think she's hungry. I think she had time to kind of get out of the loop and I think that hopefully will revitalize her. But I do still like Whaling in this fight. I think she's heavy-handed. I do think damage being a criteria, I think she just hits harder. Joanna, I, I in my eyes, is going to ha have to hit her twice as, twice as much to do the same amount of damage, but she's also extremely skilled in that aspect too. So I think it's going to be a competitive fight. It's going to be a fun fight. Um, in three rounds, I do expect both of them to go even harder than they did in their previous fights. So I think it's going to be good, but I do pick Whaling getting the nod at the end of the day. I'm very excited for that fight. In terms of the top three fights, it's probably the best one. It's kind of easy to say that when it was fight of the year already once, but we'll see. Um, we're not picking them, but Manel Cop against Rogerio Bontarin. Manel's a good fighter, man. Um, I like him. He's a former rising yeah, champion. Uh, minus two twenty favorite to this one. This other guy's got no Wikipedia page, and he's a favorite. Jack Jack Della Madalena's coming in at minus uh, one sixty six on Fanduel. You're welcome, Mike. To plus one thirty for Ramazan Amiv. Um, Brandon Allen's on the card. Okay, look, this whole thing falls off a cliff after the top three fights. Doesn't mean when, I, when we say that we got to preface this. Doesn't mean these fighters aren't good. The other ones just. They have not been promoted and met in a fashion that is enough to draw my attention. Or especially pay them money to watch them fight. So, uh, Jake Matthews isn't bad, or at least I thought he wasn't bad. Legitimately don't know what he's doing. His Wikipedia page is him hanging out with John Jones. So, he probably needs to find better people to hang out with. Um, yeah, not great. All right. Our, this is already a fucking long podcast, and we haven't done stuff we like. Mm -hmm. Let's do stuff we like and get out of here. Um, I'll go. Um, I watch Stranger Things, all of it. Um, I, as someone who's a big fan of the placebo version of Running Up That Hill, 
Um, nice to hear the original played constantly this season. Anybody else watch this yet, by the way? No, nah, I'm on like I'm on like episode two of this season. Yeah, this season. OK. All right. Without getting into any more details, um, I these kids are really good actors, man. Uh, I think that the little girl who plays Max, I looked up the actress's name and I forgot the character's name. Max, uh, Sadie Sink. She's so good in this uh, show. Um, she has a really good episode. I think it's like episode four or five of this season where a lot of her. She's very talented. And there's, of course, a young lady playing Eleven. Really good. Um, overall, it's well done, man. It seems like these episodes are longer, I think. They seem longer, these episodes. I don't remember them being like 50 minutes or an hour long before. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, they got two more episodes coming in July. That's the wrap on this show then. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, the big bad guy, Mike, do you know the big bad guy is yet? Uh, no, but I'm assuming it's going to be the mind flayer. Uh, don't spoil it for me. Okay. Don't going to spoil it for you. Well, when you watch, we'll talk about it later, but, uh, I watched Stranger Things and then, uh, my girlfriend came over, uh, and we binged, uh, Moon Knight and, uh, you guys both watch Moon Knight. Yep. I did. Yep. Um, we did have constant conversations back and forth. There's, some of this might be the result of us not paying as close attention, but like, just being like, it, what part of this is happening and what part of it is not happening? Because of like the guy's split personalities and the mental hospital and all that stuff. Um, I dug the show though, man. I thought it was, I like these Marvel shows, some of them that are like a little more out there where it seems like they take advantage of being on a platform where they got more time to tell a story and then get into it i think that's why i liked wandavision so much and liked loki and kind of felt ho-hum about um the winter soldier one sure i remember thinking i remember thinking like this is just kind of standard shit like it's fine but i thought the other ones were more interesting i thought it was an interesting show i guess they're gonna do a season two at least the post-credit scene seemed to indicate it as much so yeah i need to watch the boys apparently that's that was that's 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 next the watch the boys um but yeah that was it i liked moon knight and i'm excited to for the stranger things you know nice to have a show wrap up and not drag it into the ground necessarily so seems like they're gonna stick the landing the way it's headed uh mike what do you got this week uh yeah so for me it's something that i stumbled upon when i went and visited our friend sal in jersey uh, I forget on what channel it is, but it's a show called The Offer. It's a mini series that's uh, detailing the efforts that were taken to make the the movie the 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 Godfather. Right. It follows a uh, rooster, aka Miles Teller, playing Al Ruddy, who was the executive producer for uh for for the Godfather, and. I'm taking it with a grain of salt because I don't know how much uh, winning time is going into this uh, this docudrama. By that, what I mean is the Lakers uh, show that was made by Adam McKay has a lot of things that just didn't actually happen. Um, I so disagree I, with that premise just because it made them look bad. They all think they didn't <laughs> happen. All that shit happened. All that should happen. Jerry yeah, West everyone, is a crazy person. Ev everyone says that Jerry West is not a rageaholic. So I, I don't think everyone can be wrong. Um, but 
so I don't know how much of this is actually real with uh, everything that happened in the making of The Godfather. Uh, but it's still pretty entertaining uh, to see. Um, the guy who uh, plays Mario Puzo is, uh, is a really good actor. Um, in addition to the guy playing uh, Francis Ford Coppola, um, Miles, Miles Teller is having another moment after kind of uh, falling off for a few years. Um, he comes back in successive weekends or, you know, in a short amount of time uh, playing a rooster in a Top Gun Maverick. And then with this um, kind of reminding people, he's a, he's a pretty good actor. I'm pretty riveted by the show so far. I'm maybe on about episode four or five. I'm really shocked by how difficult it was to uh, adapt a best-selling novel that um you know so many people enjoyed when when they read it at the time and there was so much pushback to, to get the movie made but i've really enjoyed it so far i have no idea what service it's on but um if you can find it the the offer is pretty good nice mark i'm oh, sorry i was trying to find it's it's on is it paramount paramount plus i told you there yeah. it is yeah i was gonna ask you max i was like i think it's on a weird streaming service i was gonna call you out like oh how'd you see do we do they make robert like, evans look like a crazy person or not yo mark don't make it hot i'm not do they make, hot. I'm just do they make robert evans do they make robert evans look like a crazy person or not who's robert evans he's producer i don't know he's a character on that show you're watching i must not Here's be watching that closely okay marcus what do you got this week yeah, I got some different different thing this week because usually I'm pretty you know straight laced with video games or maybe a streaming mo- uh, you know series or movie, but I very rarely talk about music because I kind of stopped listening to new music after college. Um, but over the past couple of weeks, I've just you know through the you know the greatness that is the YouTube algorithm, have stumbled across four bands that I'm a big fan of now. And a lot of these were either music videos or uh, a lot of them have played on the uh, NPR Tiny Desk, which I don't really watch that often, but I just stumbled upon these. So the first one, and I'm just going to talk about the songs that I heard that I really liked. I can't vouch for every song on whatever album, uh, but these are the songs that I heard from these bands that I really dug and I actually really like these bands. So the first one is uh, called Horse Girl, and the song is Anti-Glory, very alt-indie kind of rock song i don't know i i i've always been a big fan of alt indie stuff um and they they were kind of the ones to kick it off so the band i found about next that was on tiny desk and i think they've done one of the late shows is called the linda lindas i think this is like mostly a family i think it's like two sisters a cousin and like a family friend i think they're like around 13 or 14 so super young also like an alt indie band really fucking good i and i love their song growing up i don't know why but that like it hits an emotional chord there is something in those lyrics and in the um guitar riffs that just somehow speak to me at an emotional level it makes me teary and it's very weird um but they're just so passionate it's hard not to get like drawn into it uh another band that i found through tiny desk is called the idols and i think these are like an irish kind of punk band uh are you just on a tiny desk kick because i'm a big fan I, think, I love it. I, think I, love I saw Tiny the Desk. Linda Lindas, and then I would oh. see some other ones. And be like, all right, this, this it's thumbnail. a fun series to listen to, man. Honestly, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you told me about them a long time ago, but I never really 
watched it regularly. So the stuff's just been popping up on my um, my recommendations. So the Idols, I think they're like an Irish punk band. Uh, the song I really dig is uh, "Don't Fight a Man with a Perm." Uh, I'm usually not much of like a punk like fan, but there was just one. There's specifically one line. I mean, and the song "Don't Fight a Man with a Perm" is about like kind of like these meathead guys. This guy runs into like this meathead. Like, I think like the first three lines is like creatine, propene. It's like there's some British hail, hair thing. And he's like, and a bag of Charlie Sheen. And I guess that's cocaine, right? And the line he says that I really like that makes me, uh, that I say to myself anytime someone starts, you know, getting under my nerves at work or whatever is uh, one of the lyrics is like, he hates me. I like that. And I was just like, anytime someone's rubbing me, I was like, I don't care. This guy doesn't like me. It makes me happy. They don't like me. So yeah, uh, the idols, I've really, they have so much energy. And that tiny desk, like that first song, these guys are fucking going off. Especially like there's this one guy in the band. I don't know much about the band. There's one guy in the band. He kind of plays the drum. He kind of plays the guitar. I feel like maybe he's not like the most like musically inclined, but he has the fucking most energy. Shirt's always off. He's got kind of a flabby physique and he's just rocking out the hardest. I think they're like, okay, we need someone to hype up the band when we're, we're rocking out. And this is the band for it. Um, the last band I have is called Wet Leg. And the song I really dig is called um, uh, Chase Lounge. And this one is, it's mostly like a female band, at least like the vocalists are female. And uh, Chase Lounge is like a very kind of like chill, but like heavy innuendo song about like, she talks about how like her mom and dad sent her to school and she got the big degree. And then she says like, I got the big D and they keep mentioning the big D and there's lots of little innuendos and stuff. It's very cute and very fun. And all these bands are fucking awesome. And I've really enjoyed kind of diving into, you know, some of their songs and different performances. Like I said, a couple of these are fairly new. I think the Linda Lindas kind of got discovered because I think like Amy Poehler saw them somewhere. And then like they kind of just blew up from that. Uh, Horse Girls, a fairly new band, too. So it's been kind of interesting having my finger like so far away from the pulse of like new, interesting music. To kind of just hear a bunch of stuff and be like, oh, I really like this stuff. Um, and Tiny Desk, I think, is a great avenue to be like, I, I'll look there and be like, okay, this band looks interesting. Let's I'll, give I'll them see a shot. something on Tiny Desk sometime and I'll be like, oh, shit, I go, these guys are new. And I'll look at the video of the video. I'm like, 2019. All right, not that new, but it's okay. You know, last yeah, few years. It's only a couple uh, years old. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, outside of that, um, I did play. Uh, we had my brother in law, Sean, and our family friend, Chris, come over. And we played Rift Tracks, which is kind of like one of these like party family kind of like party games. And it's basically just like Mystery Science Theater 3000, the game, where basically they have a bunch of like weird, stupid, random clips from like really bad movies. And then they'll give you a couple lines from the movie and then they'll blank out the rest. And then everyone types in like their little rift on the track and then you vote for whatever one's best. It's a really simplistic but fun little video game. So I've been liking that. Yeah, that's what I got this week. And if you like, uh, if you are at all interested in checking out Tiny Desk, I think some of the good ones worth mentioning are uh, Anderson Pack one is pretty good. Um, the one with Sting and Shaggy is more interesting than you think it would be. Uh, I think Alicia Keys' one was pretty good. I'm naming a bunch of people who are very popular. But Jadena's was really good, and T Pain singing uh, about how he's in love with a stripper, actually singing. Learning T-Pain sings better than everybody, apparently. And auto-tune was a waste of... Was just something he did, for some reason. That's good, too. Um, 
But yeah, Tiny Desk concert. A lot, I feel like Bieber did one. The Roots have one. It's like anybody you want almost has one at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing Tiny Desk at home during the pandemic. A lot of them, yeah, too. Yeah, a handful of these were at the at home ones. Yeah. And you're like, I mean, these guys have a nice setup at home. <laughs> Some of them. Um, all right. Um, stuff we like. Kind of more abridged than normally, but we talked about yeah. fights a lot. Um, all right. We're going to be back next week where we are going to talk to see if we have any new champions. Based on this is headed, uh, we think there's going to be a new light heavyweight champion. All of us seem to think so. And uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to preview this Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett fight card. It's a good fight. Mm-hmm. That's a really good fight. The co-main event is Donald Cerrone and Joe Lazon. It's a good fight also. This is in front of people, which I like also. It's at the Austin. You already sound better go. than it is. It's in Austin, Texas. Kevin Holland versus Tim Means is on this card. Um, Court McGee is on the undercard. Eddie Wineland is still fighting, man. Eddie Wineland mm-hmm. versus Cody Staman. Um, Joaquin Buckley is on this card. Julianne Marquez, the man who shot his shot with Miley Cyrus and then blew it. Just blew it. He's on this card too. It's not bad. So we're gonna we're gonna preview that. Um, I thought there's a Bellator card coming up that we actually might want to talk about, but I seem to have lost it. So, oh yeah, Musasi versus Ebelins in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll talk mm. about that as it gets closer. Um, there's a the UFC's got a fight card the week after this, headlined by two names that I'm not a hundred percent sure the people are Mark. Sarukian versus Gamrot. I'm not positive who either one of them is. is. I'll be yeah. straight with you. I may be Sarukian. That sounds familiar. That that's that's it. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, if you want to be seven thousand people and listen to our podcast, you don't have to even give us ten bucks. But if we want to get seven thousand listeners, we were talking about that earlier. You don't need that many. Seven thousand sounds great to us. Tell your friends. If all of you tell your friends, we might get the 7,000. Yo, you know, like, we got 7,000. Each of you gives us, like, two bucks a month, you know? like. Hey, man, I, I checked our, our subscriber count. I think I sent it to you guys. 7,000? I'm not going to say the number. It was much higher than I thought it was. <laughs> and, our, and our Spotify number, just as low as I thought it was, man. <laughs> Yo, to all five of you, I think my girlfriend's one of you. But the rest of you watching, listen to us on Spotify, all five of you total. Thank you. I mean, really appreciate it. I think there's more people using Google Podcasts, and Mike and I have Android phones, and Mark does too. None of us know where Google Podcasts even is. Wait, that's a thing? There we go. That's a thing. All right. Okay, guys. uh, Back next week, as I mentioned, uh, see if we got any new champions. Until then, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. That was Lavender Gooms. Peace out. Good.